Yes, that line falls on the right, babe. You know it. Now that Maggie's back in On this Wednesday morning, McMonagall here with you in the overnight. I got you for three hours. You know the deal. Five o'clock, the warm-up show comes your way. Me and Fliegelman got you till then. 877-337-6666 is the number to call in. In this new year, same number as last year, we start anew. Yesterday was the first five-hour show. Today we're back to our typical, although I guess it's going to be more typical as the football season comes to an end. But it can't end early enough for the Jets. Every day is just another great day for Jet football and more stuff just to come out. You know, we talk about things we project in the new year, right? And I've been, as much as anybody, a proponent of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Keith just mentioned it at the end of the show. I'm all about the plan. I don't want the coach fired. I don't want the GM fired. I want Aaron Rodgers comfortable. I want Aaron Rodgers comfortable with this Jet offense. I want Aaron Rodgers and the Jets bad in 2024. I've wanted it. But I'm tired of him being comfortable on Pat McAfee. Enough. That's what you want. I mean, any Jet fan, like, please, honestly, anyone who follows football, anyone who pays attention to anything that goes on here, anyone who's aware he talks to Pat McAfee, honestly, don't you want him to play football just so he'd have something to talk about other than just stream of consciousness on this show? It's absolutely, it's ridiculous now. So obviously you get the news of Dalvin Cook's being released, which is, I suppose, the right thing to do. It doesn't matter. Give him a chance to, you know, you know, get a, on board with a team that actually has a chance to win, but it just reminds you of the disaster of this season and the potential of what it could have been. And Sean Payton, them calling them a super team as they were signing Dalvin Cooks and whoever else. They got Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be a super team. And all we get today is that was a horrible signing. He was terrible pretty much every time the Jets tried to incorporate him into this team. I don't think it was a devastating signing. I don't think it impacted the team one way or another. But it's just another, you know, as the season comes to an end, as your season may end with another loss to the New England Patriots, which is probably what's best for everyone. But as your season comes to an end and this new year starts, boom, a reminder of what a failure the super team was. And then Aaron Rodgers just saying absolute nonsense on Pat McAfee yet again. And I just I can't understand it. I, and this is why we need him to play. You need him to actually talk football instead of talking about, you know, who's on the flight log of Epstein and being threatened lawsuit and legal action by a night TV host in Jimmy Kimmel. Like, this is the kind of stuff that drives you absolutely nuts about Aaron Rodgers. And I've been, again, I'm still a proponent of him. I, he's a he's a different guy. He goes on this show with nothing to talk about, which is the biggest problem. And we talk about how important, like when there's actually something to talk about, 
you feel like you get a better version of what's going on with the Jets from Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee than you do when the, the, the head coach speaks or when anyone else speaks or any other player speaks. He is clearly the leader of the Jets. There's no doubt about it. He goes out there and he tells you, I love the offensive coordinator in Hackett. I think Robert Soller is an excellent football coach, and Joe Douglas is one of the best drafters in the league. And within a couple of days, the owner validates it and gives them all a vote of confidence. There is no question who the leader of the football team is. He's the reason Dalvin Cook is probably, he's probably the reason why Cook is here. Or was here. And was signed. As they cut him uh, today. Like, we all know who the leader of the team is. And the leader of the team, it can be a different kind of thinking actual quarterback who plays and win football games. It can't be someone who has no impact on the team whatsoever who continues to do this interview and says whatever comes to his mind. He's talking about ayahuasca again, and he's talking about, obviously, Epstein it came as a, as a little thing, but you could see, like, it's just, this is the last thing the Jets need. And moving into this year, this kind of stuff has to stop. He has to stop doing this. He has to stop. He has to realize he's not doing himself any favors. He's not doing the franchise any favors. He's not doing anyone any favors with this. And that's why I'm the. I, he needs to just play football. And this is why you. I, I understand that you hold your nose and you do everything you can to get what you can out of this guy. But as we step into the new year, and all we want is the Jets to have some winning football, the Giants, as they're about to play two games that are going to be the Giants and Jets, as we finish this season and start the new year, are going to play two games that they need to lose, and it will be the most difficult prospect you can have. We'll talk more about this on Friday as we get through the week. This is as tough. You want to talk about I've been on tanking with the Giants for weeks now, for weeks now. It's going to be the most difficult thing that we can experience tanking in the situation and the opponents they have going into this last game of the year as we get ready for the NFL playoffs and we get ready for everything else. And now we got Aaron Rodgers making absurd claims or, or at least insinuating that he's going to celebrate when certain names are released on, on the Epstein flight logs. It's just, it's, uh, you got, you had the starting quarterback being threatened lawsuits by nighttime TV hosts. It's absolutely bonkers. And it's the last thing we need. It's the last thing we deserve as we head into this new year, as we start to try and put behind the same old Jets. Well, this is different. This is new. But it's been the same for Aaron Rodgers. It just needs to stop. And he needs to play football because we've seen what happens when he doesn't. He needs to play football. I don't want to talk about this stuff. Who needs to talk about this stuff? I don't want to come on here for three hours and talk about Aaron Rodgers and his, 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 his interview with Pat McAfee. Every week we joke about it. I call it his game day. This is game day. Game day needs to be on Sundays. And I'm still on board as, 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 as distracting as he can be, as different as he is, as much news outside the world of football he creates and makes on his, his own doing. He's still who he is, which is one of the handful of the greatest players to ever play the position. And he's still someone who this team desperately needs, who I still believe is in the right chasing a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I still think that's the right move. But my God, he makes it very difficult for me.
Don't you know I'm trying for you? Aaron, I'm trying to be there for you. I'm fighting for you, guy. What are you doing? Unbelievable. And then the other thing, as we step into the new year, that we've been talking about a lot, uh, I have, everyone has, we had a lot of fun with it going in, especially with the week off and all the, the riffraffs getting to take over the station. <laughs> While everyone's off, they got me in the afternoon, me and Keith doing the show, everybody, you know, all the guys filling in for me in the overnight, and we all we all play the game. It's every year. Well, who's the best chance to win a championship, right? Moving forward next year, what are, what's our bold predictions? What's our thoughts for each team? Who's got the best chance to end this streak of winning a championship? And everybody says the Rangers. You want to talk a little hockey in the open? Let's do it. The Rangers, the Rangers, the Rangers. And I'm with you. The Rangers are one of the best teams in hockey. Only the Boston Bruins have more points. They're right there. They've been unbelievable this year. Everything's come together. Laviolette looks like the right coach for this team. They're playing great hockey. They were awful last night, but what happened last night, again, the one thing that scares me about this team poked its head out again, and he wasn't the only reason. The team was slow. The team looked lethargic. But we know when this team gets into the playoffs – and it doesn't matter through the generations, right? Through this last, uh, even through the, the Hank era where they were in the postseason every year, goals are tough to come by. We've seen Panarin start this year incredibly well. He continues to play well. He's an incredible playmaker. He's, a, he's one of the best players they've had. Uh, he's just an incredible offensive talent to go with Zibanejad. And Kreider gets a goal in this game, and he's obviously making his case for being one of the great Rangers in recent memory. Like, this team has it all. But Panarin has disappeared in the postseason. Goals are tough to come by. And as much as Igor is one of the better goalies in the league, and I still think he's that, he has games and he has stretches where you, I mean, Quick has been a more consistent goalie for this team than Igor has. And as as much as he'll stand on his head some nights, there are nights, again, the whole team was bad against the the Hurricanes, lose 6-1, and they've had problems with the Hurricanes. But, I mean, you can't, when you get into a postseason series, when you get into a playoff series with this team, there's going to be expectations like they haven't had in a long time because I fully expect this regular season to continue. I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to be right there uh, for the most points in the league. I think they're one of the better teams. I think they're going to, you know, be a team with high expectations heading into the playoffs. And Igor is shaky, and he's scaring me. He is not the same goalie he was two years ago when he won the Vesna. He shows glimpses of that, but there are too many nights. Just when you thought, and, he, and he, he, he plays well for a stretch, and then he'll have a night like he had last night where he allows six goals. Again, not all of them his. He's careless with the puck sometimes, though. He's very good with the puck, out, you know, uh, making passes and controlling the puck. Sometimes he gets cavalier with it. And there was there were a couple of different goals were led to one. He just he had to make an incredible save after giving the puck away. Then there was a miscommunication with a defender, and he it looked like he was going to play the puck and then didn't. Like there are just times where he's he just looks like he's not there, and you can't have that. And this team and all its firepower, I'm sorry, they get in. We know how it goes with the Rangers. Uh, until different, they're going to be in a seven game series unless they get swept, of course. Or sometimes that happens. But they're going to be in the seven game series. They're going to play tough. The goals are going to be hard to come by. Their offense is going to, you know, 
come down in the playoffs. Panarin's not going to be the same player he was in the regular season. They're going to be hard-fought, tight-clawing games, and they need to rely on Igor Shosturkin being their best player at times. And right now, as much as we all like to talk about the idea of the Rangers being the closest to the championship, when I watch games like this and I see the overall inconsistencies of this goalie over the course of the year, it scares me a little bit. And as a Ranger fan, I'm slightly concerned about the goalie. I feel good about the team. I feel good they're going to win this division. I feel like they're the best team in the division. And just really, listen, the entire hockey season, right? We have optimism in our uh, baseball season was a disaster. We've never had more optimism in a football season than I can ever remember heading into this year, obviously with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, when he ran out of that tunnel, I've said it a bunch, when he ran out of that tunnel on 9-11 with the spotlight on him, and carrying both the American flag and the Jets into a new era of Jet football, only to have that thing snap four plays in. It's what a bitter pill to swallow, followed by the disaster of the season that the Giants got off to, fighting their way back just to be a, 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 a team that actually fights hard enough just to lose. I mean, what a disaster of a baseball season, a disaster of a football season, and you're watching a Rangers team get off to an incredible start, but... I'm a little nervous about the goalie. The Islanders continue to blow third-period leads, and the Devils are nowhere near the team that everybody thought was going to be the best in that division. We need to figure it out. A lot of hope. I heard a lot of hope on this station heading into the new year. And what do we get the first couple days in? We get a Nick trade that initially nobody liked, but people are coming around on. We see goodbye to Emmanuel quickly. Then we get the Jets... And this nonsense from Aaron Rodgers. And a poor performance from the Rangers right out the gate. We need some We need some damn optimism. Oh, and by the way, neither baseball team seems interested in getting a starting pitcher when they're both desperate for it. I don't know what's going on, but three days in, I'm not as optimistic as I was going into the year. It's only three days. Let's get it together. 877-337-6666. Rodgers needs to pipe down. The Rangers need to be better between the pipes. Oh, you see what I did there? And the Yankees and the Mets better go out there and get some starting pitching. Otherwise, you're going to have angry McMonagall every night, and who needs him? I want to be happy. When you're my size, you're supposed to be jolly. Otherwise, no one likes you. So I got to figure it out. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Monagle here with you. 877-337-6666. At some point here, I got a link in my new, uh, I brought them in. I'm going to try and go to the gym. I got, I hate earbuds more than anything. I, I find them very uncomfortable, uh, especially like if you're at the gym and doing anything. I just feel like they, they, they're uncomfortable in my ear. So I got these like Bluetooth, like legit headphones. And I'm, uh, for whatever reason, having problem syncing them up. That's always, it's just always a problem. No, nothing ever comes easy. Nothing ever comes easy in this world. And that's why I'm starting, you know, I hate to admit, three days in, I'm a little disappointed in the new year already. I'm a little disappointed. It's I'll, two days and two hours in, not even yeah, three days. Yeah, it's true. Two days and two hours, and I'm annoyed. 
The Hurricanes absolutely trounced the Rangers. I'm concerned about that goaltender, not for the course of the season, and, and I still have faith in him. But you get into a tight series, man. We've seen it with this Rangers team. I, I don't expect the Rangers to be this dominant offensive force. I just, I, I, too many years I've seen them, no matter how they'll play in the regular season, I just don't see it. And as good as Panarin and Zabanajad have been and, and, and Kreider and, and you know, different guys stepping up and playing well. I, I believe that they'll be in hard for tight games and tight series. And all it takes is one or two of these poor performances. It costs you a series. And I'm looking to get the cup because I think they're good enough to win the cup. And I think Igor is good enough to be a, 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 a cup cup winning goaltender, but we gotta see it. And he's been inconsistent this year. Let's be honest, quick has kind of been you know, I know he plays less, so he plays more inconsistently, but when he plays, he's been good. And I'm not suggesting a a goalie change or anything. I'm just saying that I like I don't need the backup to be the more consistent goalie. And I'd like to see better from Igor because we have such high expectations for him. And he was a little careless with the puck. I think the overall the whole team played poorly last night or yes uh, last night, but still, I need better from the goalie, and we need better from Aaron Rodgers to start the year. Let's just be done with this stop stuff. Stop talking to Pat McAfee. Stop saying stuff that could, that. Could be liable for lawsuits. Is that the bare minimum we could re- we ask for? Like, do we really need to be worried about dealing with this next year? Can you imagine all the different stuff? You're trying to win a Super Bowl. You're trying to get this thing together. The last thing we need is Connor Hughes to be asking about the lawsuit with Jimmy Kimmel after a game. Think about the drama for Jets quarterbacks in the last decade. Really, their history, but the last decade. Yeah. Well, everything with Rodgers, everything with Zach, yep. Zach and his mom's friend, right? Geno Smith and the knockout punch, Sam Darnold has mono. Yeah, it's true. A lot going on. Too much and not enough good play. In fact, none. Zero good play. So you need some of that as opposed to, and again, it's fine if he's playing and winning because that's what will be the questions about. Instead of, you know, I was watching a little bit of it, some of the stuff that made the, the news. He's talking about the logo for the Super Bowl is sort of like, have you seen that? I don't know if you saw that tweet. Someone else put it out. I did. That's a funny. Let's. That's a funny conspiracy we can enjoy and make yes, fun of. Exactly. That's fun. If you the logos for the Super Bowl over the last handful of years. Let me see if I can find it again. It's like a tie dye in the the number of the Roman numeral. Right. So it's like a tie dye in the the Roman numeral. They come out months in advance. Like the one for this Super Bowl is already out there, and it's purple and red. So the speculation is, and if you look at the last few years, it just so happens that the colors of the logo end up being the colors of the team in the Super Bowl going back to the Bengals and the Rams. It's kind of like red in this yellowish blue, and then the then it was it's green and red for the Colts, uh, for the Colts, for the Eagles and the Chiefs. And now this year is red and purple, and right now the two one seeds are the Niners and the Ravens. So he was joking, they better be some Jet green in next year's Super Bowl logo, and when you add in the whole like the NFL, it's scripted all it's that scripted, which they played year, into. You can yeah. have fun with that. You can absolutely people have fun will with believe it. it, and you can have fun with it. <laughs> absolutely, those are the kind of fun conspiracy theories I want from Aaron Rodgers, not the ones where Jimmy Kimmel's going to threaten lawsuits. That's the uh, let's avo- let's av- let's avoid that. All right, let's avoid the late night talk show hosts. Who once said something about you, and now you're you're seeking revenge, and you're gonna pop a bottle like uh, uh, Portnoy st- style. Who, if you remember Portnoy, when uh, the obviously the the head of Barstool, El Presidente, when he um, who's living it up right now, as his uh, his uh, Michigan Wolverines are gonna go take on uh, 
Washington for the national championship game on Monday, but he famously has has these like engraved champagne bottles in his office waiting for the demise of his enemies. Like we don't need this stuff. Let's just go out there and play some football, play some hockey, play some baseball. How much does ABC wish that Jimmy Kimmel had a show tonight after that all happened? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Is like the there, one night they're probably like, where you actually need yeah. a late night show live on or on the air at eleven something. Yeah, and they are. Yeah, it's the same. McAfee's on ESPN, ABC for Jimmy Kimmel. Like it's just it's the last thing they need. You could see the look on McAfee's face when he right. realizes, oh, this is this is probably a step too far. <laughs> we work for the same parent company. Let's take it back here. I don't know. Let's not uh, let's not throw out names when it comes to Epstein. Let's just not do it. That's all. Very simple stuff. 877-337-6666. We'll talk anything you want. Again, I, I we'll get into the baseball a little bit, too, as we get through the show, uh, waiting for something. And hopefully now the holiday's over. They better start, you know, both teams need to realize they need the Yankees are one pitcher away. The Mets are a rotation away. It's time to start doing some, making some moves, whether it's Montgomery, whether it's making a trade, something. And we'll get into that more specifically Later in the show, let's go to Ziggy and Hillsdale. What's up, Ziggy? Hey, how's it going? I'm the Yankees Broncos fan that I call Yankees Broncos uh, fan. What's up, Ziggy? Yes, uh, I'm just wondering where you think Russell Wilson is going to be next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I would assume not with the Broncos. Uh, I don't know who would pick him up. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. It would you would think it would have to be a, I mean it's got to be a team that's looking to contend that wouldn't have a quarterback next year. Um, the the obvious ones are like Atlanta's looking for a court. I would think need a quarterback. Uh, you would think they're a, a legitimately decent team in that division where they're a quarterback away. But uh, I would think they they'd have other options. Obviously, um, Justin Fields is from Atlanta. There was a lot of talk about him going to Atlanta. Um, Minnesota is going to be in the market for a quarterback uh, after. We'll see if Cousins re-signs, but he's a free agent. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the thought of Russell Wilson. I'll tell you this. He was far better this year than the Flacky. Like, he was better this year. Last year was awful under Nathaniel Hackett. No two ways about it. He was terrible. Uh, he came over with demands. And, you know, he's a, he's a different kind of guy as well. No doubt about it. And I, I obviously he's not beloved by his teammates. I think they, they stand up for him a little bit more than you think. Some of the wide receivers in Denver last year were particularly – you know, came out in his defense. Uh, in Seattle, it got it wore thin on the rest of his team. Uh, I think he's a different guy, and I don't know if you want to bring him in unless you're really just a quarterback away and have no other options. Um, I, I would say that, uh, you know, it, I, he's been better. And no, I did not. Is there a Jeter angle? Um Please let me just whisper to me. What's the Jeter thing with uh... MLB tweeted it out? Jeter and Ciara are distant. cousins. Oh, I did see that. Yes, I'm sorry, I forgot Ciara's his wife. Yeah, they're like very distant cousins, right? She went through one of those shows that uh, get your lineage or whatever. So yeah, so Russell Wilson's wife is is loosely related to Derek Jeter, and he played he played with the Yankees one spring training. He was a, obviously a two two sport athlete. He was a good baseball player. He was drafted. I forget what team drafted him. I don't think it was the Yankees, but he came and played for the Yankees in one uh, spring training. I know Murray was obviously drafted by the Oakland A's. I forget who Russell Wilson was drafted by. I think he was drafted. He was a good baseball player. But, like, he's he's he was having a good year. He was having a good year before this nonsense. 
And it just didn't work out with, with Sean Payton. Sean Payton wants nothing to do with him, clearly. So I don't think he'll be in Denver next year. He was drafted by the Rockies. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know where else he really fits. Um, I, I don't know if I'm just Tampa Bay, obviously, could w- w- is in the market for a more uh, stable quarterback, although Baker Mayfield's played pretty well this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's a starting job for him next year. Maybe Atlanta, if they I miss mean, out I, on I, the quarterbacks I, at the top I, of the draft. Yeah, that's that was the first team I mentioned. Uh, Atlanta is is obviously a, a a choice. You you could see someone like like say Washington draft someone, or you get one of these young quarterbacks. Not that he's a great team leader or someone you would expect to take a young kid under his wing but if you wanted to get a veteran quarterback try and compete while learning from I mean the guy is a borderline Hall of Famer it's been an ugly last two years but he's had a tremendous career and he was playing better this year if you want to bring in someone to have a year as your starting quarterback as you're trying to contend while you're establishing a young quarterback and giving that guy a year on the bench, which I think will start. That's an interesting trend I'm, I'm curious about because we've seen it go both ways, and some of these rookie quarterbacks have really struggled. And I'm wondering if we're going to start to see a trend a little bit. I know the, the money structure makes it difficult, and they're all the street, as I'm watching him right now on TV, the, the C.J. Strouds of the world that immediately you know changed the franchise. Uh, but I'm wondering if you're going to see more of these quarterbacks get a year on the bench. And I think that's the kind of situation where you could bring in a Hall of Fame quarterback who, yes, thinks differently, yes, isn't necessarily the biggest team guy, but still, at this point of his career, he was a fourth-round pick. He, you know, Maybe that is someone who could come in and be kind of that mentoring, play one year, still kind, kind of try and uh, contend, maybe give him a chance to play and reestablish his value with another good year if you were looking to do it. So like, if you end up being someone like the Patriots, for example, and they'll draft a young quarterback, and you want to go to New England for a year and see if you can win a couple games and give this quarterback, a whether it be May or Daniels or whoever, for New England and give him a year on the bench under Russell Wilson, that could be a spot. You know what he should him. do? What? Based on how many quarterbacks have gone down the last two years, yeah. he should just wait yeah. and wait for that phone call whenever the first season-ending injury I mean, happens. yeah, they happen every year. Like so a team just, like the Vikings, if... Russell right. Wilson was a free agent this year. They might have been all over him. Oh, I'm sure they would have. Uh, the same thing with the Browns probably would have been all over him. Uh, that's an interesting take. Just wait it out and wait for the best situation so you know you could find yourself in a position with a good team that might lose a quarterback. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's plausible. But I, I, it's hard to tell what's going on with him right now. It, it is. It's hard to tell with him. It's, we got to see what the cut. Uh, what the contract situation is, how they, how he gets out of it, he might be stuck in Denver for. A it is year. wild to think, like you look through the list of teams and you can only come up with two or three reasonably yeah. that would start Russell Wilson next year. Just hand him a starting job. Yeah, but we all know Russell Wilson is without a doubt one of the thirty-two best quarterbacks oh, in the league, without question, without question. I mean, he could. I mean, he'd go to the Raiders. I was. That's what I was thinking. How that's, committed that's, are they to O'Connell, yeah, and are they going to be in a position committed. to draft somebody? Yeah. No, I, I probably not. Um, and especially, and they would think right now their head coach, his his specialty is leadership. So you would think that would be a place where he could make it work inside a locker room, inside a clubhouse, where it's like you know you bring Antonio, you bring Russell Wilson to Antonio Pierce, Antonio Pierce. Right now, his 
his skill set is leadership. Like that's what he was brought in there for, and that's what he's done for the Raiders. You would feel comfortable with him as the head coach and Russell Wilson stepping into a division. Plus, it'll give him an opportunity to play the Broncos twice a year. Right, Maybe you're that, not a that Super might... Bowl team with Russell no. Wilson on the Raiders, but no. if they're not committed to O'Connell yeah. and one of the quarterbacks doesn't fall to them in the draft, yeah. you could be much more respectable with Russell Wilson no doubt and try about to fight it. for a wild card. Absolutely, I, he, he's a better quarterback than O'Connell, and I don't, I don't know if they'd be in a position. I mean, I think they were thrusted into that. He's had moments, but he's also had awful games. Oh, listen, I, I think yeah. he's terrible, but yeah, I mean, we don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get back to the Coles. Rocco in Saratoga. What's up, Rocco? It's C-Mac, C-Mac, C-Mac. It's time for a C-Mac attack. A C-Mac attack. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> doing well, Rocco. Okay. Okay. I'll okay, okay. Let's go. C-Mac attack. All what right. What you got there, Rocco? All right. Russell Wilson, yes. hell of an athlete, hell of an athlete. Out of high school, I think it was the Baltimore Orioles that drafted him. That wasn't the first no. time. Then out of college. It was it was the Rockies, but yes. Yes, you got it, C-Mac. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're Thank good. You. It was Colorado. It was Colorado. Yes, you hit it. Right, so he was a hell of an athlete. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Okay? But. But the problem is with Russell Wilson now, locker room, locker room. No, I understand his that. Teammates, his well, teammates don't like him when he's on Well, cer- certainly was- in Seattle. Certainly in Seattle. Last year when he got a lot of flack uh, for, you know, the Mr. Unlimited and, and requesting an office and having the miserable season, a lot of his, yeah. a lot of the wide receivers there, uh, you know, Sutton and Judy, a lot of those guys came out to his defense. But you're right. It, it seems like certainly in Seattle. Uh, he fell out of favor with a lot of the team. He's a little self-absorbed. He's a little um, about him, yep. obviously. So, but that's why I think like a coach with the Raiders, you know, like Antonio Pierce, could be a place where it makes a little bit of sense. A strong leadership coach who's willing to buy in on him, even if it's just for a year. Uh, because I don't, th- I don't know if Sean Payton ever. I think Sean Payton took this job uh, with 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 the envisionment of getting rid of Russell Wilson. He he was awful last year. You figure you'd deal with a year or two. And then he'd get a year or two kind of scot-free, right? He'd bring in, if, if he was able to turn mm-hmm. Russell Wilson around and they win some games, hey, what a great yeah. job Sean Payton did. And if it bombs out, well, it's not my fault, Russell Wilson. You you brought me here with an overpriced, aging, uh, no longer have it quarterback, and it tanked my season. What do you expect? So it was kind of like a situation where he, he walked into it, and then even though they started to build some wins together and played better after a miserable start, you know, they don't want to – take the chance of having to pay him more money, and I just don't think it was ever a fit. So we'll see what happens with him. But right. uh, I don't think this year was necessarily a locker room issue because he's played well and they were winning for a while. Right. But C-Mac, when you're winning, it's all fine. When right. you stop winning, then it's a problem. Okay? Of course. But uh, that yeah. goes with anyone. Now, you don't have to be – your teammates can love you, and losing is still a problem. That's right. Yeah. And then when they started losing – Peyton there said, enough, enough. I'm not, but you know, I'm the man in charge, not you. Goodbye, Russell. Goodbye. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, I'm sitting you down and I don't care what you think. Well, I mean, or what yeah, and that was part of it too, but they, they went to him earlier in the season and wanted him to change his contract. They don't want to get, if he gets hurt, he's guaranteed more money. He's already guaranteed like 37 mm-hmm. for the year next year. Uh, if he gets hurt and can't pass the physical at the start of next year, he gets they guaranteed even them. more money. 
So right, it's even, yeah. even more. So that's what it's about, too. It's it's not just about his play on the field. It's not just about Peyton. It's about the, the idea that they don't believe in him anymore and the idea of being stuck with even more money if he gets hurt in meaningless games the rest of the year is just not appealing to the Broncos. And I get it. It's the NFL. It sucks. That's why I've always said, Rocco, uh, I've always said I will never begrudge an NFL player holding out, doing whatever it takes to make his money when he has the leverage because it is so short and the teams will cut you and do whatever they can oh, with that yeah. contract. Not the contracts guaranteed. aren't guaranteed. So Not I guaranteed. never, uh, even the guys on my team, I never begrudge a player holding out or or waiting for the money in the prime of their career when they have the leverage because, one, they're taking their lives in their hands quite literally. We know how violent this game is and how much trauma mm-hmm. it can do to you yeah. even years after yeah. you're done playing without realizing how much damage you've done. Right and down. at any moment, the, the, the league and the team will just dismiss you and do everything they can to save a dollar. So I have no problem right. uh, holding out for money. He signed a contract. He should not restructure it. You know, then sit him down. That's just the way it goes. Right. If it's about the money, C-Mac, I agree. Get the money while you can. Look at all the guys that have committed suicide because of brain injuries, right? Not right. good. Do it thin, way back. We know uh, Junior, Junior Seau, right? Big names. How about all the other guys that we don't hear about? Oh, of course. Offensive linemen. And and defensive line no, that a, you don't hear about. It's a scary physical game. Go get go get paid, and I wouldn't restructure contracts either. So I understand what's going on there, and we'll see where he moves moving forward. But you want to talk about the Rangers? I thought Rocco. Oh yeah, definitely. Jonathan Quick is the man. When they signed him preseason, I said, "Wow, the Rangers pulled one off." Why is this guy still available? That they could just sign him as a, a free agent. I, I, was well, like, him, I didn't he, understand. Well, he's had some he's had some bad years. He's he's faded since being that you know the the, right. the Stanley Cup champion for the Kings. Like he hasn't been as good, but uh, he's been great this year for them. I think it's been a surprise. I think many people have been surprised with how well Quick uh, has played and how consistent he's been and some of the saves he's made. He made a save the other night uh, to pick up his bat. He's he's laying on his stomach and he turns around and picks up his back leg to to make a save. He's been really really good. Now, oh, again, I'm not awesome. I'm not I, and thank you for the call, Rocco. Uh I'm not suggesting that they should make a change at the the goalie position. I'm just saying that it's frustrating that he's been more consistent than Igor. Igor needs to be more consistent. That's all. Igor when he's on and is playing well, he's still a top, you know, let's just say 5 to make it a nice even round number. He's still a top 5 goalie in this league. I believe that. And if they get into a postseason series and he's hot, he could be an asset that helps, that leads them and carries them to a championship. No doubt about it. But he's been a little inconsistent. And too many nights like this, for for all their winning, they've had a handful of nights like this where it just gets away from them and it gets away from him. And he's just a little bit shaky. And he's he, he can be careless with the puck sometimes. He's so He's so talented and good with the puck that sometimes he gets lazy with it. And there was a miscommunication in the game last night where it looked like he was going to play the puck, then decided not to. And um, I can't remember which which player it was, but one of his defensemen just skated right by it because it looked like he was playing, that the goalie was going to play the puck. And it led to a turnover that led to a goal. And there was another one, too, where it looked like he was just going to it, put it off to the side and then decided to throw it up ice a little bit. And it got he threw it right to the Carolina, and he had to make a brilliant save just to to stop it from being a turnover goal. Like, he's he's just been a little off. 
and a little less consistent. And really, it's been the last two years after his incredible uh, last year too. He was in; he wasn't nearly as good as he was two years ago. Two years ago, he was the best. He he had a better season than Lundqvist ever had with the Rangers. That's how good he was. He was incredible. And then come the postseason time, the first couple games against Pittsburgh, he looked a little wonky. It took him a little time to get his uh, his feet wet and his and get settled inside a playoff series against you know Pittsburgh Penguins and and Crosby and 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 Malkin and all that. And then he turned it on and was pretty damn good and led them on a little bit of a run. Like that's what they need from him. He's got to be one of their best players, if not their best player, come playoff series. And right now, he's not. And right now, I don't trust him the same way I did two years ago. And that has to change moving forward. If we want them to be the team that finally wins the first championships in 1994, if this is going to be the first cup-winning team, if this is going to be the first champion team for this city in forever. And that was why I, I mentioned it tonight, just because... You know, it's the new year, and we're talking about different things. I, I just, I couldn't just continue to yell about Aaron Rodgers. And we'll get to the baseball a little bit later, but all week, right? We're talking about bold predictions. Who's the who's the who's the best team that can win a championship in 2024? Who can break the streak? And everybody's answer is, and, and honestly, rightfully so, the Rangers. They've been as hot a team as there is in hockey. Again, only the Boston Bruins now have more points uh, with 52. The Rangers have 51, along with a couple teams out west. They are as good as any team in hockey. But I, I, I would feel a hell of a lot better about them if Igor was as consistent as he was a couple years ago. And he just hasn't been. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you. Having a little fun on a Wednesday. Again, a trend. I'll, when I'll come back, maybe we'll talk about this. There, there must have been a, a, a memo that I missed out on the, on the Christmas gift that everybody needs. Remember Cabbage Patch Kids? When we, when I was little, that was the thing everybody had to have. Cabbage Patch Kids. Or then there was Tickle Me Elmo. There's always like something that's like the hot toy. Well, there's a hot adult toy that I have seen everybody have. And today I experienced it on a level I did not think possible. And I want to know, do you have one? Have uh, Did everybody get one and I missed the memo? Because I got to run out one. I got to keep up with the Joneses. I have a reputation to have. I can't be at basketball games and be the only person without it. I'm Chris McMonagle, WFAN. You kidding me? I can't be the lone person without one of these, so I got to figure out what the hell is going on. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. I thought I was, wasn't there. I am here. I am here. 249. McMonagle here with you on the fan. 877-337-6666. So I was saying, I was at my my son's uh, basketball game today. My six-year-old son. And uh, we got there a little early because he was bored and wanted to go there instead of doing homework before practice. So we get there a little bit early I so I could shoot around too because you know I could take the opportunity to take some shots in the gym. And so we're sitting there as all the other parents come walking in. And I noticed something that I I did not know was a must-have of the new year. Because I we we had practices and stuff before. I saw all these people come to the to the gym, and I don't remember these with them, but now everyone's got one. 
And by no means am I knocking the product. I, I'm sure it's a, a wonderful product. But I didn't. I missed the memo on when you needed one. And then I walk in here, and I'm pretty sure I got to double check with her. But I'm pretty sure Amy Lawrence, doing the overnight over on CBS Sports Radio, had one in her hands. And then I saw Keith walk out of here and had one. When did I miss the memo that you have to get a Stanley Tumblr? Do you know what these like the the Stanley um, like tumbler keep things hot and cold, big large with a handle and a straw sticking out of it, like all different multicolored. I mean, I I was sitting there and thirty five people came walking through the gym and everybody had one. Did I miss the memo that you needed this for Christmas? Everybody, and I mean everybody. I know there was that video, right? This. Um, so, so you know what it is. It's a it's a, a stainless steel mug that keeps things cold or hot. We all have different ones. I have, I think I have a, a smaller Yeti one, but these are like particular, and it's the same one, the really big one, the really big one with the big handle, and the bottom is thinner than the top. It starts out thin, it gets it's wider at the top. Like everybody had one. Everyone had one in multiple colors. I guess it really started to get crazy a couple months ago. I guess, unfortunately, this poor this woman's car like burnt down she wasn't in it thankfully but her car like burnt to a crisp and she showed a video of all of the stuff burnt in her car and she had one of these stanley tumblers in her car and she picked it up and she shook it and you could still hear the ice in it so like this this thing went through a fire and still had ice in the cup and like they made a big deal of it obviously smart by them and they bought this woman a car and it was kind of everywhere and i don't know if that had to do with it or it's just what the, the it was stanley's time but everybody and I mean everybody walked into that gym with one of these Stanley tumblers. Everybody. And then I come in here and I actually texted my wife. I texted my wife during the I was like, when did when did like you have to get a Stanley to be cool? I'm like, cause I gotta tell you, I'm here with a, a lousy plastic, you know, 32 ounce um plastic water bottle that the ice has already melted and I filled it up before we left the house. I'm, that was ten minutes ago. I already have no ice in my cup. Like when did this happen that I needed one of these? Because I got to be honest with you, I need one now. It's like one of those trends. It's just it, I, last week, nobody had one. Everybody got it, Christmas time, gift giving time, New Year's time. Maybe it's also the, everyone thinks they're going to go to the gym and they need a new water bottle for the gym because that, you know, the obviously everyone's going to be at the gym, myself included, at uh, 5.40 a.m. today. Let's hope. Let's hope I keep that up. But do you need a new tumbler for the gym? Like what? I I have no idea when this happened. But I couldn't escape. Everyone everyone walked in. If you if you had shoes on, you had a Stanley tumbler. I was unaware of this trend, and now I got to get one because I can't be the only person there. I have standards. I'm a I'm a well respected man in my community. I can't be the one person without a Stanley tumbler. I'll be mocked behind my back, which is the worst kind of mocking. 877-337-6666. Every time I go there, like <laughs> kid brings his son, doesn't even have a Stanley Tumbler. My kid will probably suffer. They'll probably make him ride the bench. How come how come my how come I never get in? Talk to your dad. Because he doesn't have a Stanley Tumbler. Uh you expect me to play you? Alan in Atlanta. What's up, Alan? Yo, what's going on, C-Mac? How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? 
I'm all right. I'm all right. I, I know I'm on limited time. There's a couple things I just want your opinion on. The sure. first one is the Otani trade. I know we keep going back over and everything. In that 10-year deal, I was having a conversation with my uncle. His name is also Chris, too. Okay. Love that guy. So, Nothing um, better than Uncle Chris. Man, I love that guy. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. But uh, besides that, um, he was mentioning to me, they got to get three rings in that 10-year span in order for that deal not to be a bust. I want to know, yeah. in your opinion, how many rings do they have to have unless, you know, they don't make it? And then well, it depends on it depends on what vantage point you're talking about. Because if you're talking about the Dodgers, they very well could make a lot of money off of this deal, considering mm, considering right. like the the amount of of eyes and and merchandise he sells and everything, and and just the the benefits of having him uh, are significant. And that contract also allowed them to get Yamamoto and and still go out and trade for Tyler Glass now. So, like already, the contract they gave him benefited them. They are they are an unbelievable team this year. They are the face of baseball, no doubt about it. They are the evil empire, West Coast style, and they are everyone's going to be talking about the Dodgers this year. So, in some aspects, I don't know if they have to win any. It depends on the vantage point. But if you're a fan and you're looking at it, and he's supposed to come over here and be the greatest. You know, baseball player of all time, which I've called him personally. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think you have to win three. You certainly have to win one, and then you're just now. It's just you know, we're gonna play this game where oh, it's got to be at least two. Oh, it's got to be three. like I don't know. You have to. He has to. He can't come to L.A. and not win a championship. Correct. So I mean, correct. if that's the only one, if he if he wins a championship, like for example, like. I know, I know. It's seven hundred million. It's the most ever. He's the he's one of the biggest names ever, biggest contract ever, deferred money. Uh, you know, Japanese star. All of it rolled into one. He's the biggest thing that's ever happened. But like CC Sabathia signed a long term deal for a lot of money. He won mm-hmm. one championship. I don't think I'd call his tenure as a Yankee a failure because he didn't no, win he more than one. He, yeah, I mean, so if if, if o- so, if Otani is a great player, if Otani hits a ton of home runs, if Otani does both for a handful of years and pitches and, you know, wins two MVPs and does everything right and they lose a couple times in the playoffs or, you know, is if they as long as they win one, considering how much money he's going to make the organization, it's it depends on your vantage point. From the Dodgers' vantage point, that's a success. That's a success. From the baseball side of it and from the fan base side of it who doesn't care how much money the Dodgers make, yeah, I mean he's got to he's got to hoist the trophy. He's got to be one of the main reasons they win a championship, no doubt about it. But I mean, for the team, they're going to make a ton of money. They're going to make a ton of money, and right now they're paying them two million dollars. They're they're writing a check this year for two million dollars. You know how much money they're going to make off of Otani this year? Like eventually down the road, yeah, he's going to get paid this year. The organization is making a ton of money off of Otani, a ton of money. They're only paying him $2 million. That's the check they're writing, $2 million. It'll cost 40 something on the payroll just for, for math purposes, but they're writing a check of $2 million. They're going to make a ton of money for the next 10 years. They're rolling in it. And believe me, if you think billionaires you know, care that much about 20 years from now, when the next 10 they're going to make money hand over fist, they're, they, the Dodgers could not be more excited. All they have to do is be a playoff team, be a winning team, sell a ton of tickets, 
you know, get a get a lot of home gates from the playoffs. That's it. That's it. So, but as a fan, yeah, he's got to win a couple. And for his legacy, he has to probably win a couple. For him to be talked about the way I like to talk about him, which for me, Otani's the greatest baseball player who's ever played. Like, he hasn't had the best career. And the I and the argument that people make about playing defense is laughable to me. It's just laughable to me. People actually will call up and say, how can you call him the best baseball player in the world? He doesn't play defense. One, yes, he does. About 180 innings of it. He's responsible for more outs than any other defensive player in the league. And the idea that that... How could, so you're telling me that he'd be more valuable to a team if he was an outfielder? You think he would have gotten more than $700 million if he just played the outfield? He he made $700 million, one, because of the megastar he is, and two, because he pitches and he hits. His value is immense because he's a, star, he's a, he's a top 10 starting pitcher in the game and he's a top three hitter in the game. Judge made three hundred and fifty million because he and he was a right fielder, and he's probably a better right fielder than an Otani could have been, and he's a better hitter than Otani, and he made half the money. So the argument that he's not the best ball player because he doesn't play the outfield is just ridiculous. Like he's more valuable being an everyday outfielder. What are you nuts? Now this year he'll be just a DH. So yeah, this year he's less valuable. But once he starts pitching again. No one's ever played the game of baseball the way Otani's played the game of baseball. No one has ever dominated offensively and pitched the way he pitched and done it in at one point. There's never been a moment in time where there's been a better baseball player. You can't point to anyone's career and say, in this moment, when Otani hits two home runs and throws a complete game in the same game, no one's ever played baseball better than that guy in that moment ever. That's just how I feel. No one's ever been a better baseball player than Otani was in the middle of last year. No one ever has. Because he's doing both at a level we've never seen. 877-337-6666. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of baseball because right now with the Yankees, they're forgetting how this offseason started. The way they're and the way they're going through the offseason right now and the way Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner are treating this offseason right now They're forgetting how they began it, and they need to remember what they've done and how it dictates what they need to do.